Thank you for downloading this Mass Device radio podcast. In this 2011 interview, Mass Device reporter Arzu Sarvastani spoke with Neuronetics CEO and President Bruce Shook about treating depression, chasing reimbursement, and changing psychiatrists into medical device proceduralists. Thank you for listening to Mass Device Radio. First off, could you please introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about your history at Neuronetics? Sure. Uh, well, my name is Bruce Shook. I'm the chief executive officer uh, at Neuronetics, and I co-founded the company in uh, 2003 with uh, several other executives. We had worked together previously in, uh, in another startup. Uh, so I've pretty much been here since the beginning. And uh, have you been CEO the whole time? Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we closed our first round of funding and incorporated in April of '03, and uh, I've been CEO since that day. Now, where did Neuronetics come from? Well, uh, the intellectual property originated from Emory University, um, and the um, the IP had uh, was owned by a, a medical device incubator in Atlanta called the Innovation Factory. So when we pulled the company together, when we pulled Neuronetics together, we did uh, kind of a three-way licensing deal involving Emory, the Innovation Factory, and us as a new company to, to create the company. That all happened in early '03. And how did you how did you sort of get into this business of electromagnetic depression therapy? Well, um, I had started a company uh, back in 98 that was a neurosurgical company. And um, as we were winding that company down, uh, one of the investors in that company uh, had actually seen this technology presented somewhere and thought it was interesting. Uh, it was obviously very new and uh, at that point um, you know, not well tested, but um, thought it was interesting and came to me with, uh, with the idea. And um, to make a long story short, um, he and I worked together on it along with several other executives from the prior company. And uh, we ultimately concluded that uh, you know, this was a massive opportunity uh, to treat a terrible, terrible disease, depression, and that uh, it was a very, very novel approach and really had merit. And, and we formed the company on that basis. Now, can you explain to me exactly how this works? How does electromagnetic radiation help with depression? Well, the, uh, the machine that we make, it's called the Neurostar TMS therapy system, produces um, very brief but very powerful magnetic pulses. They only last about 200 microseconds. And we aim those pulses, or the physician aims those pulses at the part of the brain that is not functioning properly in someone with major depression. Uh, it's called the left prefrontal cortex, kind of the high left forehead. And each time the machine uh, produces a pulse and it enters the brain, that pulse um, non-invasively induces a small electrical current to flow in the cortex, in that part of the brain. And it actually fires the neurons, the brain cells. Um, so we do this repetitively in, in a roughly you know, a 40-minute treatment session, we deliver 3,000 such pulses. So we're repetitively firing the neurons in the cortex, and the patient comes back for multiple treatments, typically uh, 25 treatments on average over four to six weeks. And the net effect of repetitively stimulating the left prefrontal cortex, as I described, turns that part of the brain back on. It reactivates that part of the brain. 
and um, in many patients uh, alleviates the symptoms of depression. And the beauty of it is that it's very, very targeted, so it's only treating the brain, and there's no systemic exposure to anything. So unlike drug therapy, where the drugs are obviously in your liver, they're in your gut, they're everywhere, um, we are not. So it, it, the treatment does not produce any systemic side effects, no sexual dysfunction, no weight gain, no, no GI disturbance, none of the things that are part and parcel of uh, many of the drugs that get used to treat this disease. So I, I hate to say it this way, but what's the catch? It almost sounds too good to be true. Well, it doesn't work in everybody. Um, and uh, it is currently not covered widely by insurance, so many of the people who get treatment uh, pay out of pocket. Not everybody can afford to do that. Um, and uh, it does require, you know, coming back for repetitive treatments. That typically isn't a huge obstacle, but uh, you know, some people might find the logistics a little off-putting. Um, but, you know, other than those things, uh, it really is a very attractive therapy, and considering that it's really intended for people who have already failed drug therapy. Um, you know, it, it is pretty attractive, I think, um, because they've been through uh, they've been through drug therapy, and for various reasons, you know, it hasn't worked for them. So it's a great alternative for patients to fit that description. So it sounds like all the the potential cons of the system have to do with the environment or with external things like you have to come back or insurance won't pay for it, is there any sort of physiological risk involved? The two most common side effects associated with TMS are uh, transient headache and some scalp discomfort, and these things really are only in effect during the, uh, the actual treatment, so they're, uh, they're transitory. Um, and generally well tolerated. Uh, the only other medically consequential adverse effect uh, that's been seen is seizure, uh, and that happens very infrequently in, in less than 0.1% of patients. And when it does happen, it generally is very short duration, 30 seconds or so, and then they resolve on their own. They would be happening in the doctor's office. Uh, and again, a very, very rare event. Um, so really the side effect profile associated with TMS therapy is, uh, is quite good. So you mentioned that insurance widely doesn't cover this. Um, do you think that's because it's very new or because it only hits a, a small group of people? What, what, what do you think that comes from? Um, it, it's primarily because it's a, it's a very new therapy and, um, you know, psychiatry hasn't had a device-based therapy of, of any significance really um, show up for many, many decades. You know, the only other widely used device-based therapy in, in psychiatry is shock therapy, and that's been around since the 1930s. So uh, I think it, it is primarily related to the fact that uh, it's very, very new, and it does take time to work through the process of convincing insurers to pay for really um, you know, new um, game-changing technologies. About how much does one round of treatment cost? Well, the doctor sets that price. We, we don't set that price. So it's variable. It varies by doctor. It varies by region. And, of course, it varies by how many treatments you need. Every patient is going to be a little different, right? Some may need a little less. Some may need a little more. Um, so it's really kind of variable. But in general, you know, the range uh, is between seven dollars and $10,000, depending on what the doctor's charging. And that's for a full course of treatment, not for each right. time the patient comes. <clears throat> right, right, a full course of treatment. How, how frequently does this treatment get used? Is it sort of gaining popularity in the market? 
Yeah, it is. Uh, we have uh, roughly 350 um, installations now. Uh, they're most commonly in psychiatrists' office, uh, and they're coast to coast. You can go on our website and uh, and sort of look at uh, where they are in your area. You know, there's a find a provider page that you can uh, plug a zip code into and. and and find out who's offering it. So in, it, it's available now in uh, all, pretty much all major metropolitan areas. And um, there have been, I would, I would say, probably at least 4,000 patients that have undergone treatment um, since we got FDA clearance and launched the product. And uh, that is certainly uh, accelerating. Do you have any sort of outlook for when it'll hit that mark of being reimbursable? Uh, well, you know, it's already um, reimbursed by a small number of plans, and uh, there are uh, numerous other plans that are looking at it and are contemplating a reimbursement. So it's already starting to happen. Um, you know, when it reaches the point where, uh, you know, most plans nationwide are covering it is very, very hard to predict. Um, but, you know, that, that typically takes several years with a new technology to get to that point. So what is Neuronetics focused on right now? Is it getting that reimbursement more widely? Yes, we're working very, very hard on that. Uh, and there are multiple components to that. It's not solely a matter of convincing payers to cover it. Um, you have to make sure that you have uh, the appropriate codes so that doctors can, can you know, code it when they submit bills. We've, uh, we've accomplished that. That was a, a major milestone for us. Um, you have to establish payment rates. You have to convince payers to cover it. You know, it's a kind of a multi-step process. Um, and we're, you know, well along our way to establishing this as standard of care. It's just that, you know, the last part of that process, convincing payers to cover, is a, is a time-consuming process. Now, I didn't see whether there was any overseas clearance the NeuroStar system? Uh, we have uh, focused exclusively on the U.S. so far. Are there any plans to branch out? Yeah, we will. Um, we will um, be turning our, our eye toward export markets uh, now, uh, so that is something we will pursue. The, uh, you know, we worked very, very long and hard to, to prove to the FDA that this uh, was safe and effective, and you know, we're the only, um, the only company that uh, has done so. So we're, uh, we're, we've really been very focused and continue to be very focused on, uh, on the U.S. market. So Neuronetics is the only company to have FDA approval for this non-invasive electromagnetic therapy for depression. Right. It's called, uh, the, the general term for it is transcranial magnetic stimulation, or TMS for short. Now, is that specifically your procedure, or are there other non-invasive therapies? Um, no, they, well... There are different sort of variations on that on this theme, but none of them are FDA approved or cleared. FDA cleared is the right way to put it. Well, that's very exciting. You're the, you're, you've got the corner on the market then. Uh, more or less, well, we're developing the market. Right. That's true. It's true. You're pioneering the way. Yes. So can you help me understand uh, the, the procedure a little better? What does it feel like for a patient? Uh, People describe it in different ways. Um, generally, uh, people talk about it uh, as sort of a, a 
knocking on your head, that it feels like somebody is knocking on your head. Um, most of the time uh, during treatment, uh, you, you don't feel anything. Uh, the machine cycles on and off in bursts, so it will deliver a, a burst of pulses for four seconds, and then there's 26 seconds of nothing. It's off. And then it will deliver another burst of pulses for four seconds, 26 seconds off. So the vast majority of time, you don't feel a thing. Uh, during the uh, pulsation, you, know, you feel this, uh, this wrapping sensation. And how long does one session take? 37 minutes. Is the, is the patient awake during the whole procedure? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Patient's awake, uh, alert. You know, they're not sedated or anesthetized or anything like that. When they're done, they can get up and get in their car and drive back to work, go home, whatever. Now, you mentioned that this is, this is primarily for a subset of people who don't respond to medication. Right. Do you think eventually it'll it'll expand beyond that? Do you think it could ever be a first line since it doesn't have all these side effects to worry about? Um, well, technically, um, it, it could be used in that way, but it's not currently indicated for that population. We studied it in people that had uh, failed drug therapy, so our label um, is limited to people that have failed drug therapy. So I think my last question. Um are there any other technologies in the works, or any? Uh, what's what's the next step after you get your reimbursement and thing like things like that figured out? Is there a step beyond the NeuroStar system, or is this is it just a matter of developing it to make it you know more efficient? And, and well, yeah, we are. Uh, there are many different uses for this technology. Uh, we have data from um, smaller studies now that uh, suggest that it may uh, be effective in people with other disorders such as uh, tinnitus, which is ringing in the ears, uh, or in suppressing uh, voices in schizophrenics, uh, or in uh, chronic pain, treating various chronic pain syndromes. So there's some very interesting data that uh, are being generated that suggests that it really may have um, a broad utility in these other diseases. So really kind of the next uh, big thing is, is not so much technology development as it is leveraging the, the technology to, uh, to treat other diseases. Is this research being pursued by Neuronetics or in the larger? We are, we are sponsoring um, a variety of small studies in, in the areas I mentioned and, and others. Um, and uh, you know, right now there's no large-scale study going on. But, uh, you know, we're in the earlier phases of research. Wow, that's, that's very cool. Is there anything that uh, this non-invasive transcranial magnetic therapy can't do? Can't, uh, there's lots of things it can't do. <laughs> it can't cure you. I can tell you that. It's not a cure. Um, there is, unfortunately, no known cure for depression. But uh, it, does, uh, it does produce lasting relief in... in uh, in some patients. About how long does it last before a patient might have to come back? Well, we have uh, six months of data, and uh, we're in the process of generating one-year data, but they're, they're not done yet. Uh, the six-month data uh, show that uh, roughly 70% of the patients uh, are still well at six months, and about 30% of the patients have, been, have gotten at least one retreatment somewhere along the line. And when you say well, are they just better than they are before, or are they stellar? Well, there are criteria that define that. Uh, 
uh, they, they meet those criteria, essentially. Hmm. Okay, I think that probably covered all my questions. Um, are there any last points that you think are really important to make, uh, future developments or, or anything like that? No, I, I would just say that, uh, you know, this is really a, um, a, a rapidly developing uh, new field in the treatment of um, psychiatric disorders. You know, for many, many years, uh, the only tools available to physicians and to patients were psychotherapy, uh, drug therapy, and shock therapy. Uh, shock therapy gets used very infrequently for lots of reasons. Um, and, uh, you know, drug therapy really uh, has been fairly static in terms of new developments uh, for the last uh, decade or so. Uh, and uh, the, um, the, uh, the clearance of, uh, of our system, the Neurostar system, is really, I think, a first step in a whole new um, wave of, of uh, new treatments for things like depression and other psychiatric disorders. Um, and it's really opening up a, a new window for psychiatry. You know, for the first time, psychiatrists can actually uh, be proceduralists. They can do a medical device procedure in their office uh, to treat a disease that they grapple with every single day. You know, it is the most significant problem in psychiatry. Um, so it really is, uh, you know, a completely new treatment paradigm. And you'll see other things come along as well. There are uh, other companies that make implantable systems or studying deep right. brain stimulation for depression and things like that. So uh, there will be a lot that, ha that goes on. Uh, there will be a lot of progress that gets made over the next uh, 10 years or so.